Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. Welcome to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Here, we dive into topics that reach far beyond the salon. I'm your host, Misty Jane. I'm a life and money coach for stylists who are obsessed with personal growth. I help you enhance your mindset around money, build a business that lights you up, and create a life of peace. Me and my guests are on a mission to normalize the wealthy stylist while creating a safe space to be perfectly imperfect. Wanna join me? then you're in the right place. Hello there, friends. Welcome back to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Today, I am talking with my friend Tyler Adams. He is the extension entrepreneur. I'm actually very excited about this conversation um, because we are actually talking a little bit about his money story. I recently met him at an Evolve Alamat experience, an educator experience that I went to, and we started chatting about um money mindset and all of that. And he shared his story with me. And of course, in true misty fashion, oh my God, I have to share this with my listeners. So I just want to thank Tyler so much for coming and being open and honest about his past um, money situation and having this conversation with me. Because as you know, money conversations are very, very important for us to hear. I talk about this all the time. I want you to hear different stories, how people got out of different situations, because I want you to know, one, you're not alone. And if these stories resonate with you, know that there is help out there. There are ways that you can change your money journey. It is literally what I do. It is literally what I live for. Why? As you know, because I changed my money story. Tyler changed his money story. My clients are changing their money story and they are choosing their future over their short-term comfort. So if this story resonates with you, please feel free to head over to mistyjane.com Look at the options for one-on-one coaching. Check out my freebies. There is even a digital course that you can do on your own in your own time if one-on-one coaching isn't your jam. There are so many options and resources over there. So please, please, please go to www.mistyjane.com. That's Jane with a Y. And check out all of the ways that you can start changing your money story today. With that being said... Thank you so much, Tyler, for coming and sharing your experience and enjoy this episode. 
Tyler, I'm so excited to talk to you today. Welcome to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I am doing fantastic. How are you? I'm great. So I'm excited to talk about your extension education. I'm excited to talk about your money story. I'm probably a little more excited to talk about that, you know, I mean, yes. obviously. Um, but before we start, I want you to tell the listeners who you are and what you do. Uh, well, my name is Tyler, um, Tyler Adams. I live in New York City. I am a hair extension stylist. I have just started teaching classes as well as uh, business and mindset coaching. So both of those have been really exciting and uh, really fun for me to, to get into. And um, But most of the time during the week, I am a hair extension artist. Uh, and I've been doing that for about six years. Awesome. So what made you want to incorporate extensions and the mindset? So, well, the mindset really came from my money story, um, kind of changing my mindset around money and my business and my finances. And that led me into, well, I guess I was already doing extensions prior to all of this. I have been doing extensions like my whole time working behind the chair. That's kind of why I wanted to even go to cosmetology school, actually. Um, that's what got me into hair. So uh, I've been doing extensions since the beginning, but um, I think because a lot of business and mindset education is paired with extension education a lot of the time, that kind of got me um, a little bit more of a head start, I think, when it came to mindset and my mindset around the money and my mindset around my business. And uh, just because that was already a part of the education I was receiving. and kind of growing off of it. Do you feel like that you can hit peak success without the mindset part? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> not, not even close to it. <laughs> what do you think happens to somebody who, you know, is in the industry and is like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Like, I'm like, you know, this is just who I am. This is what I do. Like, I don't need to grow necessarily. I just want to make more money. Like, what, what do you think that that stylist kind of is going to run into? Because I know I've been that stylist before. So mm -hmm. I already know the answer to this, but <laughs> I want to hear your side. Um, I really think that their growth is going to be capped. Mm -hmm. So they're like, you can try to make more money all you want, but if your mindset isn't changing around your self-worth or your value or uh, your ability to provide a certain level of service or whatever it is, you're not going to have the foundational beliefs that you, that you can achieve more. And so that's going to limit you already. And then say like, if it's a price increase, you know, you can try to make more money by offering a different service, but if your demand is super high and you're not raising your prices based on the demand, you're, you're limiting your your income. So mm -hmm. I personally don't think that you'd be able to achieve any sort of like peak success without changing your mindset and growing your mindset. Right. Limiting your income and, and higher probability of burning yourself out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so let's kind of get into your money story a little bit. Okay. I'll just, uh, you can start wherever you want on that one. So I guess I'll start kind of giving a backstory of my um, like my family history and like my family's money story, um, mm -hmm. because that did play a huge role into my own. Um, I did not grow up wealthy. I grew up um, 
lower middle class, I would say. We had food on the table, uh, but, you know, they, my parents may have had to prioritize uh, maybe buying groceries one week and then paying the light bill a couple days late kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't ever really an abundance of money or an abundance of, uh, like, extra resources. Um, I, I don't think I realized growing up that we were poor, but definitely now seeing how other people live and how people my age grew up, um, I've realized kind of the, the struggles that my parents had with money. Um, and whenever I started making decent money working behind the chair, it was pretty quick. It happened pretty quick for me, actually. Within my first year, I had almost hit a hundred grand, like right. my, my nice. very first year working behind the chair. So it happened pretty quick, but I didn't have the foundation of like financial literacy to give myself enough, um, I guess enough structure when it came to my, my money or my finances. So I, I really kind of used my income as like my self-worth, you know, Mm. I I based my self-worth off the amount of money I could say that I can make, you know, and um, the more I made, the more I wanted to show everybody that I was making this money. So that led into me, you know, spending money on clothes and accessories, bags, like, um, like, I don't know. I don't know why I, I would like now seeing myself, I don't know how I let myself get to this point, but it ended up building a lot of credit card debt. Mm-hmm. Um, I, got married at a really young age. Um, and then all the financial responsibility between me and my ex kind of, it fell more on me because he was in school and, um, I was work, I was able to work more. And so I was, and I was making more. So it just felt like in that situation, it was better for me to be more the financial provider, but, um, I was, that led to me not budgeting. And because I wasn't budgeting, that led me to putting more and more on my credit cards. Uh, it ended up with me filing bankruptcy mm-hmm. and long story short, I ended up filing bankruptcy by the time I filed bankruptcy because of like the cars, the, the trips, the, everything that led up to all this debt, I had over 120 K in debt yeah. and only 10 K of that was student loans. Right. Everything else was trips. Everything else. Yep. Bags. Yeah. It was, yep. it was credit cards and my car. Mm-hmm. And this was in 2020 by the time I filed bankruptcy. And um, after filing bankruptcy, my, my debt was cleared, um, all except for the student loans, of course. Um, but now I don't carry over consumer debt. It took me a long time to be comfortable using a credit card again. Yep. Um, I stopped using credit cards completely for, for over a year. Mm-hmm. I was like cash or debit only, like my ATM card or my debit card, you know. Yep. Um, I started actually keeping track of how much money I was making and that put things into perspective for me. And even like while I was still in Arkansas, uh, cause I'm originally from Arkansas, I moved to New York about three years ago. Um, but while I was still in Arkansas, I, I had to like basically just get to the point to where I was so done living the way I was living and having to file bankruptcy was so humiliating for me. And not that I think it's a humiliating thing now. I have, I'm so grateful that I was able to file bankruptcy, but at the time I was so embarrassed. Um, I, 
I never wanted to be put in that position again because I didn't want people to know. I didn't want people to find out. I didn't want people to um, see me as a failure. And I didn't want, I just didn't want the shame that I felt came along with it. And so I was like, never fucking again. I'm getting my ass in gear and I'm, I'm changing my life and I'm going to change my story. And I started um, really budgeting. I knew how much money I had to make every month in order for me to pay all my bills the next month. And I started planning, you know, like a month in advance. Like if I, I need by the first to have, say it was like $10,000 to cover every booth rent experience expense all the way to like my living expense. And it might not have been $10,000. I can't remember the exact number, but I would make sure I had that amount in my account by the first of the month. So that way I was covered for the next month. And I, that's how it kind of started. And then um, I stopped shopping. I stopped, uh, well, I guess the pandemic really helped reset that <laughs> <Right>. for me. <laughs> um, but I, uh, I really stopped shopping. I stopped spending my money, like telling myself that I would just pay the credit card off later. I started, cause I didn't have any credit cards left. Right. Um, cause they all got canceled after filing bankruptcy, but I didn't, I didn't have anything to fall back on. So I was kind of like forced in this, into this position where, it was either like do or die. You either pay your rent or you get evicted. You either, uh, you know, budget enough to pay all your expenses or they're going to start taking things away, you know? Right. And I, I get, I guess that just really kicked my ass in gear and, and, um, sorry if I'm rambling on a little no, bit. No, no, this is, this is great. <laughs> this is great. First of all, thank you so much for sharing your story. I know that a yeah, lot of, of times kind of talking about your money story can be really difficult. Um, I remember the first time that I kind of told mine um, to somebody that I didn't know very well. She was actually is a very good friend of mine now as a hairstylist. Um, it's why I'm doing what I'm doing now is because yeah. I told that story and I was terrified to tell it, you know? Um, yeah. So thank you so much because I think that it helps more people than you realize. I think you know this yes. now, you know? Yes. <laughs> I want to kind of go back a little bit because, you know, Coming from a particular um, family where, you know, you maybe didn't see the abundance of money, right? Once you started mm -hmm. making money and before you even realized you were kind of putting yourself in a hole, what was happening when you were spending this money in your, in your family dynamic? Were they kind of like, what oh, is happening? Like, that's what, a great question. Yeah. What was going on there? So my, um, you know, my mom in particular has struggled a lot with mental health and uh, that has played a big part in, in my family's money story and her relationship with money, um, with her, uh, having like bipolar and uh, borderline personality disorder, uh, her waves of, you know, her like high points and low points, both. I feel like she always spent a lot of money when she was in the extremes. Mm -hmm. uh, like we would move a lot. We would, uh, we would like. I've moved over 40 times before I turned 18. Oh, wow. Um, all within the same area. Uh, so my mom, with her relationship with money um, being so bad, and she has filed bankruptcy three times. Mm -hmm. I have, uh, my, her and my dad filed once, and um, she's on her third bankruptcy actually right now. Uh, but she would ask me for money a lot. Because I was making more money, it was expected that I shared that with the family, even though, you know, I didn't live with them. I, I never would call and ask them for money um, because I knew that they didn't have any. But right. 
Um, my mom would often ask me for money. Um, I was more expected to be a provider for my family now because it's it's kind of like that mindset of like if one person from from your your family or your neighborhood makes it out, they're expected to kind of bring everybody with them or Mm -hmm. like give everything back to their family or their community. And although it makes me feel really good to help out family members or to um, be in a position now where I can like take my cousin shopping for baby clothes or um, give my, my uh, little sister really great and really big like birthday gifts and Christmas gifts that kind of stuff makes me feel really good but it felt in the at the time that it was expected of me to do these things and expected of me to um like pick up where where other members of my family couldn't and uh I would I would give my mom money I would like give her money for things that I knew weren't going to benefit her in the long run and actually I was I felt like I was enabling her a lot of times when it came to her moving or to her um her own shopping addiction and her own spending addiction um I have not since then set like set pretty strong boundaries around like what I will and will not will not do for my family mm-hmm. um my dad and my stepmom have definitely been a lot better about that they don't uh, like anymore expect me to cover any expense or anything like that um but was that after you, you know, set the boundaries yes yeah. it's like there's guilt that comes along with that that's you know? what yeah I was gonna ask about that too well there's there's uh, a lot of pressure there yeah yeah, yeah. definitely a lot of pressure well, um but think, go ahead oh no no sorry you go ahead I think too like like that's it's interesting um it's just really interesting when like you have all this pressure to kind of take care of your family that are not taking care of themselves. And I like that you said, like, you felt like you were kind of enabling because I mean, you know, I think a lot of times, especially when it comes to family, when we put ourselves in a new position that we didn't see in our families, like it's, it's very hard. And, and I don't think enough people talk about that. Um, you know, my dad, very similar. He's, I don't, I think three or four times he's filed bankruptcy. And it's like everything we do, he asks how much it costs. Everything we do, like he, like he thinks that we are so rich, which we are not rich by any means yet. We've just gotten ourselves to a different category than everyone else. And, and it's hard sometimes it's hard to like still connect with my dad and it's hard to, um, have any, almost any conversation about anything. Like we we're going yeah. on vacation and it's like, Oh, how much does that cost? You know what I mean? And it's like, so I think what I'm trying to get at and what I'm, I'm glad that this brought up is for anyone listening. Like when you put yourself in a different financial situation, you're going to also put yourself in a different dynamic in your relationships, which is a lot harder than almost getting out of debt or, you know, getting in a different financial situation. Cause really and and I wonder if you agree with me on this, like the number part is easy, right? Like once you know how yeah. to budget and do a spending plan, like it's not hard. It's the actions around it that can be a yes. little bit more difficult. Would you agree? Yes, absolutely. So are you in a better place with your family now that you've put these boundaries in? Yes, um, I am. You know, my mom and I's relationship, I think will always be a little bit strained, um, but 
with the boundaries that I've set, like say with my dad and my stepmom or like my younger brother or, uh, you know, like setting boundaries with the people who have asked me for, for help in the past. Um, now I know like if, if my family were to ask me for something, I know that it would be for something serious right? and not just for like some, like a stupid reason, like say they want to go to a concert or something. Mm-hmm. Um, now my mom, I really limit my conversations about money with her just mm-hmm. overall in general, because if I give any bit of leeway, like if I give an inch, she'll take a mile. And it's really hard for me to get back to like the, the very strong, stern, like brick wall kind of boundaries. Right. Um, once the, if they're there and I, I, uh, keep it up, then, then we're good. But if I end up, you know, backsliding some, it, for me, it has to be kind of like all or nothing, you know, like it, with, with that relationship in particular. Right. Okay. I'm going to take a different direction with this. Cause I also okay. want to touch on the, the, um, the buying things like to like for your self-worth, right? So yes. it's really interesting because when I was kind of in my funk, I was still vacationing. I was still yeah. buying all my Lululemon addiction shit that I like, you know, I felt broke, but I was still getting these things that I probably should not have been getting. And and you hear all these things all the time is like, don't go broke, proving you're not broke to people who are broke, right? And yeah. I hear that and I'm like, I agree with that. But I don't know if I was intentionally doing that. Like I wasn't doing it because I wanted people to think I wasn't broke, right? I was doing it because, well, I just like this shit and I want to do it. Like, (laughs) you know, do you, looking back, do you feel like you were doing it because you wanted to prove something to yourself or to other people? I think I was doing it to prove something to myself, to Mm -hmm. prove that like this is a lifestyle that I can live. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I, I, I couldn't live it. And that's why I ended up having to file bankruptcy. And, um, you know, that's, well, you could, you could just not at that moment. Exactly. Exactly. Because now like my boyfriend was saying the other day, actually, that I just think everything is so like the every, everything that new that I get to experience, it's, it feels so different to me now. And I have such a different reaction to it because I feel like I've actually earned it this time Mm -hmm. and like getting to say like upgrade us to first class on our, um, on our, uh, anniversary trip last year. Like I earned that, like I, I paid for that with cash dollars, not like credit card dollars. And it, it feels different to me now than putting it on a credit card and telling myself, well, I'll earn it by paying it off later. Right. Because later never really happens sometimes. (laughs) No, no. and it didn't for me. It never did for me. And that's why it just kept on, my debt just kept on growing. But now it it feels so different because I'm in a place where I, because I I let those things go. Now I do make more money because I was able to change my life and invest in different education and um, invest in, in coaching and stuff. And that, that changed so much for me, but um I'm sorry, I might be getting off topic, but no, 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 this is, this is perfect. Um, but because I was able to, to do those things, I was able to grow my income, which now allows me to do the things that I wanted to do, but I was putting on credit cards instead of paying for with actual, like 
cold, hard cash that I have in hand, you know? Right. Well, and that happens, right? Like you, you are putting things on credit cards because you're spending your money before you're receiving it. And in your mind, you're like, okay, well, I'm going to get this. But what you're not realizing is you're taking $1 and you're spending it five different times. So you're taking $1 and and in your mind, well, I can spend it. I can spend a dollar five times and you can't. You know, and so then you're putting yourself in this hole. And I think that it's really, it's really interesting. I did not use a credit card for three years after I got out of debt. I was Mm -hmm. like terrified of it. And we still, like, if we have a credit card and we are not on a spending plan, we will backtrack. Like that is something that we just like sat down and was like, okay, we need to be go back on our spending plan again. Like we've been slacking and we have to notice it. And I think that's something that's important to talk about too, is like, you can backtrack. You just have to know what not to do. Like, okay, credit cards are a little bit of a problem. This is the only way we're allowed to use them. Because if we use them the way we used to use them, we're going to be back in the same position that we're in. I think that's super, super important to understand as well. Um, Talk to me about your business and how it changed, you know, when you were making the money at the beginning and just kind of putting everything on a credit card, spending, buying all these things. And then after bankruptcy, like what did that do to your business and your income? So because I had to, to budget so well, and during this whole time of me filing bankruptcy was also my transition period of like being in Arkansas for two weeks. And I would go to New York for two weeks and being in Arkansas for two weeks and being in New York for two weeks. And like the pandemic had hit earlier that year. And uh, I, so my business was already like in this really weird place because I was like trying to leave Arkansas, trying to build in New York. And uh, I think a lot of it also was my mindset shifting that I had to go through. I think it's all correlated. You know, I, I think that because I was growing as a, as an adult and growing into my, um, you know, like just having a better relationship around money and that helped me have a better relationship with my family. And that's helped me have a better relationship with, you know, my, my partner. And that's helped me have a better relationship with my work-life balance. And it, you know, it's, it kind of goes full circle. And, um, because I was able to, to change my mindset around money, I was able to change my mindset around my income. I stopped comparing my income to my family. I stopped comparing my income to my friends. I stopped comparing my income to other people in the industry. I just thought I had to get to a place where I just didn't care what other people made. And I just needed to find like my, my normal, like I needed to find my, my balance and my balance was not where I was at. And like, after moving to New York, you know, I, back in Arkansas, actually, let me go back to Arkansas. In Arkansas, I was such a hustler working six or seven days a week, you know, working behind a chair, 10 to 12 hour days, six to seven times a week. It like, it was, I think that's probably a part of the reason why I had very few friendships in Arkansas, a very poor relationship with my family, a poor relationship with my partner. And, um, I think a lot of that had to do with not having that work-life balance. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of using my spending as my coping mechanism for all of that. Um, and working to improve that has now gotten me to a place where I don't feel the need to go on extravagant shopping trips. Like I would, I would 
fly somewhere just to go shopping for the weekend. And right. I would, and I didn't have, I didn't make enough money to do that kind of shit. Like it was so dumb, but now that doesn't fulfill me. What fulfills me is like getting the weekends off with my family and getting to go visit my little sister in Arkansas, getting to fly her up and having her spend a week with me here in New York, um, getting to fly my family up here for Christmas, getting like that kind of stuff fulfills me more than like shopping or and that kind of stuff I can actually afford to do now because I make a lot more money than what I was making then and I'm not paying thousands of dollars a month in interest on credit cards right Um, and I think just having a better relationship around like with my work helped me to set boundaries in work and that helped me to decide like, okay, what is my demand and what is my value and what it, what does it cost me? What does it actually cost me to run my business? Like how much do I need per day to just break even? Um, it's a lot more than what I thought it was. And yeah. kind <laughs> it of getting usually clear, is. <laughs> yeah. Um, getting clear on that made me realize that I wasn't actually making as much money as what I was thinking I was making. And that, that allowed me to have a stricter budget because I knew like if I'm only making this much per month and I need this much per month to run my business I need this much per month just to pay for my necessities that leaves me very little at the end to kind of as like play money and that like put it into perspective for me and I once you see it you can't unsee it you will always know that you're you're overspending if you're overspending and um, again, sorry if I'm rambling. On no, no, bit, no. That's but... what this is for. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it really, it puts it into perspective for you. And, and that, that made it real for me because people can tell you all the time, like you need to budget your money. You need to like sit down and, and create a budget, sit down, figure out your numbers, like know your numbers, know your numbers. Like that's so talked about in the industry, mm-hmm. but knowing your numbers is so much more intense than what you originally think it is. And like you said, once you, once you get the numbers and you figure everything out, it's easy. Yeah. But it's like the anxiety of not being, not knowing exactly what it is that you're supposed to be figuring out for me, at least it was the anxiety of that, that kind of kind of held me back a little bit. And I had to get past that in order to move forward, you know? Yes. With my, um, coaching clients, that is the number. The first thing that we do is I have them sit down and comb through everything, like add up all their debt, like, you know, put in, um, how much they're spending at Starbucks, how much they're spending at Target, like just for them to see it. And it's so interesting to me because like the first two or three calls, there's so much resistance and there's so much stress and there's so much shame. And there's all these like big emotions around looking at what they've been doing that they've been avoiding for a lot of times years, you know, and it's so fascinating because by like call three or four, they're like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, it's like, I'll never forget one of my clients. This is like magic. And it's all because they found awareness. Like I didn't like wave a wand. I didn't like, of course we talk about things. We talk about the feelings. We get a little deeper, but like it, it's all just being aware of what is actually going on. And we have this tendency and not just with money, with so many things, right? Where we're avoiding that uncomfortable feeling. And the one thing that's going to make that uncomfortable feeling go away is to stop avoiding it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> so it's super, it's so interesting. The money, but I love that you're saying that it kind of bled into everything because, you know, yeah. obviously I talk about money a lot, but it's not about the money. It's never about the money. You know, it's yeah. always about everything around the money in your life and, and, and all of those things. And, and I think too, like, you know, the spending before on like random things, just because like, and then spending on things that actually you value is like, I'm all about value-based spending. Like, you know, yeah. I I'm like, I want people to spend money, but I want them to spend money on things that light up their life, not just yeah. make happy for a day you know? Yeah. Um, so, okay. Talk to me about how you are going to kind of take your story, integrate it into your education, because I think it's really awesome. Like here. Okay. I got one for you, actually. Let me, let me yeah. change this question a little bit. You have extension clients, right? And I do not do yeah. extensions, nor do I get extensions. So I very much feel like extension clients, and I apologize to anyone who's listening who has extensions. I love you guys. But I feel like they're more high maintenance, right? They're willing to spend more money on their hair. They're willing to, you know, have the look, right? And then you're going to kind of teach them this growth thing and, and maybe tell your story. I don't know if you're going to tell your story in your education, but I'm assuming it's going to be part of it. Is there going to be an interesting disconnect there, do you think, of like, well, no, like, I want to spend 3000 on my hair today. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously you're teaching well, stylists, but yeah. how can you like, like integrate that with stylists and how they can like respond with their clients, if that makes sense? So that's, a, I, I, I really like that question. I, I've, I guess I haven't really thought about it in this way, but um, can I kind of work through an explanation Absolutely. and kind of like work out my thoughts? So my first initial thoughts are um, like my, I, I will never make somebody else's money story, my money story. Yep. If, if my clients can, my ideal client doesn't have to put this on her credit card. Mm -hmm. um, my ideal client could send me a Zelle, could put it on her credit card or give me cold hard cash and to her it's all the same. Mm -hmm. um, so my, I guess my ideal client is not somebody who um, is already struggling financially because I don't want to put anybody else in that position um, to like struggle financially. But I also know what my value is and what the value of my, um, my service or my craft is uh, because of a certain level of demand. So if I, if I start making like these stories in my head about, well, nobody should ever have to spend three, three grand on their hair. Um, like no, nobody will ever want to spend three grand on their hair. I feel like that would lower my confidence and my ability to provide a service that is worth that much. Yep. Um, so to me, I, like I said, I don't want to make anybody else's story, my story, and I want everybody to be financially, you know, free and independent and, and successful. Um, but I, I'm not ever going to tell you that you have to do something or you don't have to do something with your money or you can't do something with your money. Um, so that's like my first initial thought on it, but, um, I would say value-based spending is how you should determine whether something is worth how much to you. Like I hate spending $700 on a plane ticket, but <laughs> if I have to get somewhere and like, 
if it's more important for me to get to that place because either the life changes that it's going to make for me or the um, business changes that it's going to make for me because of whatever I'm doing at that place, it, it, is it worth more than $700 for the plane ticket or is it not worth more than $700 for the plane ticket? And I think like the confidence that I give women, the, um, the, the value that having beautiful hair gives them is worth however much they're paying me. Um, and that could, you know, potentially lead them to having enough confidence to ask for a promotion at work or having enough confidence to um, leave an abusive relationship or uh, have enough confidence to, you know, just feel better in their current relationship. You know, like there's so many different things that that having hair could give somebody. And it's I think it is worth a lot. And I would be willing to pay for it if if I was in that position. So <laughs> yeah, if I wanted long hair and, and maybe my hair wasn't as I thick as I wanted, or as long as I wanted, or as healthy as I wanted, um, I would spend the money on hair extensions just because I do invest in stuff that makes me feel better about myself or gives me more confidence now. Um, but with stylists, I think that part of my education is getting stylists to a point to where they feel like they do have a higher value and they recognize the supply and demand. I know I've brought that up a couple of times, but if you're, if your demand, say like your time that you're available to work behind a chair is low, whether you have kids or maybe you don't want to work as much, like maybe like for me, I only do three days in the salon. Um, if my demand is higher than those three days, then my value is higher than those than what I'm currently charging. So um, there needs to be a balance of like how much you want to work or how much you're able to work versus how much you're making. Um, and I think Silas need to understand that. So part of my education is getting Silas to a point where they have a better relationship with their maybe work-life balance or with their, um, uh, their relationship with their business. Mm -hmm. uh, so they can make more money Mm -hmm. and they're able to to grow their income but they're not stuck in this place of like uh I'm not worth it I'm not worth it nobody will ever spend this kind of money on me mm -hmm. I love that I well and I love that you said kind of projecting your own money story on other people because at the end of the day you don't know how they're paying for their extensions you don't know if yeah. it's present. You don't know if they've been saving for it. You don't know if yep. they make a shit ton of money and that's like pennies to them. Like you really don't know. And I think that that's one of, I really think that's one of a lot of Silas biggest issues when it comes to charging yep. in general. And I know even for, I'll never forget when I first started doing hair, um, I worked in the salon that wasn't, it wasn't an okay neighborhood. It wasn't like the greatest. And my boss at the time was getting older and he started charging $95 for a haircut. And I remember I was right out of school. I remember thinking that was crazy. That is crazy. That is so expensive. I mean, this is when my haircuts were like $25 or something. I just thought that was insane. And the idea was he wanted to work less. Right. And I'm like, yeah. we we're in this crappy shopping center. Like there's no way he can charge that. And now my haircuts are like, I don't even do just haircuts, but if I were yeah. to, you know, hourly, they're like a hundred bucks, you know? And, and like now I like five years ago, I probably wouldn't have paid a hundred dollars for my own haircut. But now, because I charge that much, I'd happily pay a hundred dollars for a haircut. Yeah. So I actually think that if stylists realize when they realize what their work is worth, 
their idea of money and their value for money of what they're willing to pay. I think that actually goes up too. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And now like, because I've had clients reach out to me, say to get a quote and they're like, okay, I need, I need a couple months to save up for this. Mm -hmm. Um, can I reach back out to you and, and say two or three months? Absolutely. No hard, like no rush, no hard feelings. Like, um, please just reach out to me whenever you're ready. And the amount of times that I get people that reach out to me and they're like, Oh, thank you so much for being patient with me. Like, because I don't, I'm not like projecting my own insecurities onto them. Like, of course I wonder, well, are they going to reach out to me? Or are they just going to go somewhere and get it cheaper? Like that is always a thought that will go through my mind, but the amount of times that that doesn't happen versus the amount of times that it might happen is like the, I, I, I land clients way more often than I, than I don't. Right. So like, it, it doesn't, I'm not concerned about it. Like I'm not worried about whether or not like I am affordable because I know for me, I'm affordable. Right. Um, like I would pay my prices if I were to be needing the service done that I need done. Um, so yeah, like just, I think becoming more confident in what you're charging does increase your own value because you realize like your own personal, like, value towards yourself because Mm -hmm. you're realizing like, well, I would do this. Like I would pay three grand to have hair. Like if, if I needed hair, I would pay three grand to have hair. So why wouldn't somebody else pay me for that? You know, like it, it, I guess it's a, a whole, like I said, the whole circle of it all, like the whole balance of your mindset and it, it increases every possibility in your life. It does. And the way that you talk about things, you know, like one of the biggest things I've done over the last couple of years is like, I talk about things differently. Like instead of saying like, well, I can never afford that. Like now I'll, I'll just, oh, well, that's not a priority. You know what I mean? Like, so Mm -hmm. even those tiny little shifts, because the whole reason, you know, with my money story, and if people are listening to this and they've heard my story before, like my house was like my big thing, right? Like, it's like, Never thought I could afford it, all these things. Well, I told myself for years, I could never, we could never afford it. So I never tried, you know? So, and if you keep telling yourself, well, that's not for me, guess what? You're right. Yeah. (laughs) But if you shift the way that you think about it, you know, it, it, things, things shift, right? Like, so you and I just went on this education thing a couple of weeks ago together, which is where we met. Um, and, uh, that shifted me a lot. Just hearing y'all talk about certain, you know, numbers and things like that, that like, I was felt like, oh, wow. Like, and since then it's been a couple of weeks. It's like, I am like, I told my husband, I'm like, we're not going to say that anymore. You know, we're, we're going to say this. And I think that those tiny little things, like, you know, that you think they don't make a difference, but they make such a big difference. Such a big difference. What are some shifts you, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say like the whole idea on manifesting mm-hmm. in my opinion is like training your brain to recognize like that you, that there is a possibility for you to be able to do something. And then you start acting in accordance with that. Like you, you start making decisions based on like, Oh, well this is a possibility. So I can make more money and somebody could pay me this, or I could buy this house or I could, um, you know, take my family on this trip or whatever it is. Like if you, if you work towards the possibility of it, instead mm-hmm. of just telling yourself it'll never happen, it, 
then it will happen. <laughs> right. Right. Well, mindset and patience. Yes. You know, I think because we can't have something immediately, a lot of times we think we can't have it. You know, it's like yep. if I wanted a Porsche, which I don't, but if I did like, sure, I can start saving right now. Am I going to get it this year? Probably not. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not. You know, but like I could have it in, I don't know how many years. I don't even know how much Porsches cost, but, <laughs> like, <Yeah>. um, <laughs> but you know, I think that and shifting it from like, you know, it's just not a priority change yeah. is very different than saying that is not for me, yeah. you know? So yeah, I think absolutely. that, what would you say to the stylist that's listening to this? That is like, Oh, you know, mindset, that's it. What would you say to them? Like, where should they start? Do you think? Um, well, where I started was listening to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, I started, uh, listening to Dave Ramsey actually, mm-hmm. And Dave Ramsey's a little mean. And I think sometimes people need to like have like that kind of tough love. He's Mm -hmm. not, I wouldn't say he's mean, like he's a mean person. He's just like, he's very, um, he's aggressive. He's, he is aggressive. He's very aggressive. Um, but I think sometimes he does tell people what they need to hear and not, of course not what they want to hear. Uh, so being open to new information, first of all, um, getting actually really real with yourself on where you're like, yes, getting very honest on kind of what you're doing, where you play a part, like your personal responsibility. Cause that's another thing. A lot of times it's easy to blame the outside world, right? How many times people say, Oh, well, the government's taking too much of my money or I got this bill in the mail that I didn't expect, or my tire got flat. It's all that's fault. You know? And it's like, well, is it? Cause you could have been saving for a rainy day. Like you got to kind of take the personal responsibility for it. Dave Ramsey's interesting because I watched a DVD of him and that is what started my money story as well. Um, and just learning that credit cards were a product blew my mind, blew my mind. Yeah. Never thought about it like that. I was told that you have to have credit cards as an adult. You have to have credit cards. Like that's just what adults do. Like I never thought of it as like, oh, this is company that really wants you to just borrow money so that you can pay them interest. And I'm like, oh shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're, they literally just, they're, they're just giving you a loan. Like they just, they just cover the cost of something for you. And then you have to pay them for doing that. And the percentage is so high. Mm-hmm. It's so high. I don't know if I had said this at our class. I, I might have, but um, by the time I filed bankruptcy, I was paying in between two to three thousand dollars a month just in interest on my credit I'm cards. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. It's so crazy. I, I have my clients do that too. Like, look, because nobody ever looks at it, right? Yeah. I'm like, you need to go look at your interest rate and blah, blah. And it's always like over like 20%, like yeah. paying so much more for whatever item. If you're not paying your balance off every month, you're paying so much more for what you're buying. Like, yeah. and it's, it's insane. It is insane. Um, yeah, I, yes, I love that. Like, and podcasts for me, like I've started listening to like all these millionaires talk about money and stuff. And, and it is very uncomfortable. Like it feels, yeah. it's like, that's, against everything I've been taught, you know, and, but I keep listening and I keep hearing and I keep, you know, and I'm like you said, be open to new information, get, get comfortable being uncomfortable with new information. Yes. You know, I, I mean, I, I really was kind of thrown into a position where like, 
like I said, it was kind of do or die for me. Like I, I didn't really have another choice. I was either going to figure my shit out or I was going to re- like rinse and repeat. And like I, I was, you know, just forced to make that decision. If like if I wanted to to be there, or if I wanted to to move on, and um, maybe that made it a little bit easier for me. I don't know, but I think you you just have to do it. You have to you have to realize that you're either going to repeat it or you have to be open to change. Yeah, absolutely. And changing like daily habits, you know? Yeah. Um, do you think somebody needs to hit rock bottom or do you think that like somebody- I hope not. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. <laughs> I I hope that that more people after, you know, hearing your story, after hearing my story, I hope more people, you know, seek, help with their finances or with with their mindset or with their their business or um whatever they they're struggling with if it comes to money or if it comes to like being able to charge your worth or or whatever it is i hope that people do it before it gets to the point to where they're at rock bottom because once you hit rock bottom it's a hundred times harder to build yourself back up like say after i filed bankruptcy my credit was destroyed and mm-hmm. like i i have the credit of still of somebody who um is either very new in the, the credit world or um maybe they're uh they've missed a couple payments on right. on some credit cards like it it will take me years to recover mm-hmm. and if you're but while i was so in debt my credit was super high i like had like a 750 credit score mm-hmm. so i um I think it's easier to transition from like having a lot of debt and, you know, paying it down over time. And it's easier to make those kind of lifestyle changes instead of doing a complete 180 and being forced because you just like don't have anything left. Well, and you're for it's a, it's force. It's not yeah. like, Oh, I think I want to make some changes. It's like, no, you have to make changes or you're living on the streets. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I, I hope, I mean, my goal with everything that I do is to continue to have these conversations because there are so many people out there, especially in the hair world, not just in the hair world, but you know, obviously that's where our hearts are, um, that, that are in these positions and they don't know who to talk to and they don't know, you know, they feel shame and they're embarrassed and, and I just want anyone listening who feels that way, like there are people out there that have the same story as you or very mm-hmm. similar and we want to help. And I think that um, knowing that, you know, we all, our parents didn't learn this shit, you yeah. know, like no. nobody learned, where are people learning it? Like if you're not seeking out the knowledge, you're not learning it in school, you're not learning it in hair school, your parents are not learning it and then trying to teach you about money. Like it, you know, it's, we're all in this place where money is one of the most important things, whether we like it or not, it's one of the most important things in our lives and we're not taking care of it. Yeah. And it's the one thing that could, could heal so many other aspects of your life, you know? Um, so Tyler, I want to thank you so much. First of all, I do have another thank question you. for you, but I want to yeah. thank you so much for this conversation. Um, again, I appreciate anyone who comes on and and can be vulnerable about this specifically. I mean, I'm all about vulnerability yeah. on all topics, but this one's just very close to my heart. So 
Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for letting me share my story and and be on this podcast. I, I really, really appreciate it. Of course. You can come on anytime. I love repeat guests. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have two questions for you. My first okay. one is, what does being a cash confident stylist mean to you? Uh, you know, to me, it would mean being honest with myself about my actual numbers in my business and kind of separating my business and personal Mm -hmm. uh, finances, Um, not, you know, integrating like my, my like normal spending with my business spending. Like I, I want to keep it separate. I want to keep everything organized and I want to keep, I want to be aware of how much is in my account. How much is, how much am I outputting every month? How much am I inputting every month? I I want to stay confident with those numbers and be able to at any point in time, like say, you know what, this month, I, I really can't spend that much because maybe I'm, um, you know, going to be taking off vacation next mm-hmm. month, or taking off for a vacation next month. And I, I need to be prepared financially for those things. Um, just being aware really of mm-hmm. where I'm at at all times. Would you call so some people call that like sacrificing? What what do you have a different word for that? Well, I wouldn't call it sacrificing for me personally because making those changes allowed me to make so much more money, invest more into my education, invest more into um like my own business coaching that I went through, my own mindset coaching that I've been through. I was able to do those things because I was more aware of my finances and because you know, I, I had just gotten to the point to where that was so valuable to me. Um, so it was not a sacrifice for me personally to make these kind of changes um, because it has allowed me to expand my lifestyle so much more now because I make more money now because I was able to invest more into my education and into coaching and stuff like that instead of spending all my cash on credit card interest. Right, right. So it's not necessarily a sacrifice, more of an investment. Yes, investment. Yeah. That is yeah. the perfect okay. word for it. I like that. Um, I want you to tell everyone listening, like, what do you have going on? I know you got some exciting things going on. Anything you'd like to share? Yes. Um, so by the time this comes out, I've already taught my first uh, group class, my mm-hmm. first group extension class. Um, soon I will have my online education platform up and going. Um, so it'll be a like kind of an on-demand um ed- hair extension education i show multiple different ways of installing the extensions based on hair texture hair density uh scalp elasticity stuff like that um, and then as well as uh one-on-one uh business and mindset coaching um that i think is where my biggest passion lies just because i know how i was able to change my life and i now get to help other people do the same Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's, those are my two biggest things. I also have a podcast that'll be launched around the same time as this episode comes out. So, uh, that'll be the extension entrepreneur podcast and I'll be sharing my story more on there and, um, interviewing other guests about also some financial stuff as well as mindset and, and business coaching things as well. Awesome. I'm going to put all that in the show notes. Where can everybody Perfect. find you? Uh, so my 
hair Instagram is Tyler Extensions. It's Tyler period Extensions. My uh, education platform is the Extension Entrepreneur. So the period Extension period Entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And that's on Instagram as well as TikTok. Ah, the TikToks. <laughs> the TikToks. I'm not well, as I, active on TikTok, but oh, uh, I have one, and I like forget about it. <laughs> um, and I will also put all of your Instagram handles and links to that in the show notes as well. So if anyone's listening or driving or whatever, um, they can find it there. Um, Tyler, again, thank you so 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 much. Thank you so so much. I really yes. appreciate it. You can, I'm telling you, you can come on anytime. We should do a live about this. I would love to do that too. Like I, I, I would just, love that as well. Yeah. I get very excited about being open about these conversations. So thank you for coming on the Cash Confidence Stylist and I will see you on here again. Thank you so much. Once again, thank you for listening to the Cash Confident Stylist podcast. I appreciate each and every one of my listeners more than you know. If you like what you hear, please screenshot this episode, share it with a friend, share it on social media, and don't forget to tag me, Misty Jane, and the podcast at Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. You can even take it a step further and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Talk with you on the next one.